Let's go to work. Roll up to the club in my 1964 caddy straight ready to stunt. At a quarter to one, just a looking for fun. I said a twist for me, baby, hit a rip for me, baby. Take another shot, get lit for me, baby. Ooh, it's a quarter to two. What you wanna do? Cocaine, country dancing to you. I think a bit of cocaine, country dancing will do.
What's going on, everybody? This is Corey Ryan Forster of the Well Read Comedy Tour, and you are listening to Casio's Cut. If you want to hear the funniest episode, just go ahead and circle back to the first episode where the liberal rednecks jump in the cut. Hope y'all love it, and skew! Listen up, candy lickers. We know you love wrestling from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. You remember when you would scrounge up that $49.99 and get the pay-per-view or beg your parents to order that month's big event? You had to see Hogan and Macho, and you had to see Flair and Vader. You had to see Buff Bagwell, but you still ordered it. Well, now you can relive all the fun times from that era with Save by the Pod. Save by the Pod is the premier podcast surrounded in wrestling and pop culture. From the police's sting to WCW's sting, the Mega Powers to Mega Man, and Star Wars to Starcade. Saved by the Pod takes you back to all the television, music, movies, and random pop culture happenings of your wrestling fandom from the past 40 years. Saved by the Pod is also giving away cash. That's right. Cold, hard cash every month. Plus, listen to find out how you can win two tickets to AEW's All Out in September. Tickets and cash. No other podcast is doing that. Join host Polly B along with Timmy C for a fun and random pop culture trip down memory lane and everyone's favorite, including mine, Efren, for an alternative look at pay-per-views from the past. It's time to relive your youth. It's time to relive your love of old school wrestling. It's time to be saved by the pod. Find them on Twitter at SavedBTPod or online at SaveByThePod.com. Available anywhere you listen to Casio's Cut, so be sure you download it today and tell them Casio sent you. What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? You listening to another edition of Casio's Cut. What's goody? What's goody? What's goody? Got a great guest for you today. Paul Cawthon. Gonna do a little cocaine country dancing with you. Facts. Big facts. Gonna have a lot of fun with you today. Make sure you bookmark CasiosCuts.com. Casioscuts with an S.com. That is merchandise headquarters, and we have a ton of new stuff out on our merchandise headquarters. We even got new logos up with new designs, new colors, tie-dyes, women's shirts, tumblers, tank tops. We've got it all. It is summer headquarters, and you need to go over there and check it out today. That's CasiosCuts.com. Make sure you follow us on social media. You know what it is by now, at CasiosCut, at CasiosCut on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and make sure you search Casio's Cut at YouTube and click subscribe there. Even if you don't watch it, you know you got a YouTube account. 
just click over there and subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. You can watch past episodes, future episodes, and this episode as well. With all that housekeeping out of the way, we got to introduce today's guest, Paul Cawthon. He is a musical artist. I say that because his music is all over the place. A little bit of country, got some soul in there, got some folk, got a little dance too. He's got dance remixes out. He's got it all. If you have not heard his stuff, I suggest you go listen to it now. It is awesome. He's got his new album, Room 41. They call him Big Velvet, the troubadour from Texas. What's up, buddy? Thanks for joining me, Paul. Hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, We're doing good, man. We are uh, doing good. Finally glad to have you on the show. Big fan Um, and uh, excited. You got the new brand new album out, Room 41, uh, out now. Uh, I, I I don't know what to tell people what kind of artist you are. You are you're, you got country, you got a little jams, you got some funk. What's going on over there, man? I just enjoy uh, <laughs> a lot of different parts of music. You know, uh, I like different genres, and I hate hate being classified in a genre because you know it just kind of pigeonholes you as an artist. And I've always just been like, if it feels good, if it's funky, if it makes me want to dance or if it makes me want to cry or it gives me an emotion or feeling, I'm going to stick with the gut, you know? So well, you, kind of music I do. Oh, uh, you got, you know, you got, um, just on that album, you've got songs like, of course, cocaine, country dancing and freak, which are jamming. Yeah. And then you're going to tell us to slow it down a little bit. Um, yeah. and I, I saw some, uh, I saw some other footage. I thought I saw the, um, the 805 piece they did with you guys, which was a fantastic yeah. job. Dude, um, they, you they talked about, you, you locked yourself in a hotel and, and visited the darkness a little bit for this album. I did. You know, I was going through a breakup and uh, I was alone for a couple of years and just went buck wild until I kind of hit a wall and realized that I got to pull myself out of a hole, you know, and the music and the songs kind of did that for me. It's kind of, I was lucky to have a good friend, Jordan Ford, over at the Belmont Hotel, give me some free rent for a long time out there and in exchange for some shows and some different crazy parties we threw. So he was always helping me out. So as a, a lot of my dearest friends kind of showed their faces during those times, you know. Are you now are you locking the door and we're lighting candles and we're in a deep dark place? Are we, like you said, we're, we're taking part in some vices here and throwing some parties or is it a mixture in between? Mixture both. Everybody leaves the party soon enough, you know, the next day when the sun comes back out and then you're left alone in a hotel room. So that's when it gets kind of dark. It's not even when the sun's down, the party's going on usually. So that was always a good time. And then when the sun came up, when, you close the blinds, be hung over as hell and be like, where the hell am I in my life? What do I need to do to change it? And then pour out some songs, smoke some bongs and repeat. (laughs) Songs and bongs. I like the title (laughs) of that. It's like country country band with contraband. I like it. Now you're going to do songs and bongs. I'm hitting you with that one, bud. That song's song's coming through. I've been... uh, (laughs) They can, yeah. they can come back here and, and realize songs and bongs was uh, invented. Um, let's well, was, let's uh, talk about... Post Malone, beer bongs and Bentleys? Yeah. Pretty badass. 
I've heard you talk about some posty before. He's a Texas dude. Dude, I dig on some posty. You kidding? <laughs> Anybody to be able to do what he's done, like in any genre, you got to respect it and freaking tip your hat to any type of success. Because, you know, whether you like it or not, even if you're in a prevo or whatever it is, dude, being away from home and the ones you love is the hardest part of this whole industry. Well, that was uh, that was actually the last concert I went to before lockdown hit. Was was Posty in Nashville? So, Ooh, I bet it was lit up. Yeah, it was. It was pretty fire. Um, but you, t- I feel like he would like Cocaine Country dancing. So I need to know. Man, I know that like Diplo and uh, freaking Kid Rock and John Party and a bunch of different folks really freaking just eat up that song jamie johnson freaking hit hit uh hauser about it like er, people fucking they they dig the song excuse my f word can i cuss on this all of them bring all the f words all right cool that's great (laughs) good enough yeah we i mean you even got like dance remixes out oh yeah dude you kidding i I want to be I want I want to be able to cross all markets and not be categorized and just be known as somebody that can dig into some like like that EDM dropping eight oh eight and stuff. <laughs> like I ain't scared to go there. I don't give a shit, you know, like really. And uh but I'll tell you one thing, I'm glad old uh I heard old Sturgill's gonna be doing like a bluegrass record. Really? Yeah. So that's good to know. I got to check him be. out right before lockdown as well. Thankfully, yeah, he's 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 a good good artist, man. Sometimes he, uh, you know, like us all, we all got our opinions. So everybody's opinions on high high alert right now. Yeah, so everybody's walking on either tooth and eyes or not saying enough. Or, so it's just kind of been a wild time. So let me, let me ask you this. I, um, I was supposed to see you in Chattanooga and you come down with the flu. Have we confirmed whether you started coronavirus or not? No, I definitely started it. It didn't come from China. (laughs) Road so long that it was definitely probably me. I don't know. Uh, man, I'll tell you one thing (laughs) I got, I went up there in Macon my last show was making and the next day my freaking body felt like death like i couldn't even pick up a pencil like you know so i said my, my uh front of house took me to the emergency room or wherever to the doctor to the clinic and they said well it's some type of flu we don't know what it is we'll just treat it like the flu so I was quarantined in Macon, Georgia at a Holiday Inn for three days. And this was end of February, right? Wasn't it? February when you were supposed yeah. to see me. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm just sick as a dog. And I'm like, then I'm hearing all this stuff about COVID on the TV. And I said, man, I'm going to wear a mask and I'm going to go home. So I got a mask. I had and which was hard to find. I had to go to three different places. The masks were already coming upstairs, you know. Mm. And so I got a mask because I knew I was like, man, I've got something. And I wore, you know, I wore protective gear pretty much. I kind of kept my kept a hoodie on. I just kept to myself, and I didn't 
you know, and I wore that mask all the way back to Dallas. And I got to Dallas, and I mean, I was with my gal every day. She didn't get it. I was around my mom, and then she got exposed to it at her work and got tested, and she didn't have it. So, I mean, I don't know what I had. Maybe I'm asymptomatic <laughs> now or whatever the hell, but i tell you what, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But, you know, uh, it's crazy, like uh, Hot Rod, you know, the steel player for Cody Jinx, yeah. he got it. Really? You know? Yeah, he had it. And uh, it was, you know, having him quarantined. And, I mean, he was – he wasn't, like, really sick, but he had it. So, it's, like, crazy. It's just, like, people have had it but don't really aren't sick. And then some people are sick and they don't have it. And so, I'm like, what in the hell's going on? You know, so I don't know. I can't pinpoint it. But i tell you this, Tamiflu and 10 days on my ass – I beat it. My body beat it. You know. Well, so I've never, I've never met you, and all I could think about when this started going down was that some bitch had the Rona, and he don't even know it. I was cooking with it. <laughs> I was snorting that shit. <laughs> Pretty much, I don't know what the hell happened, but I turned into a zombie, and about freaking felt like I was gonna die. Like it was rough. It so, was. It was wild how it shut the music uh, scene down so fast. I mean, um, I, I uh, also got to see um, Alter Bridge right when all this started going down. And they their drummer was sick, thought about canceling the show, and they had just got off a cruise ship from China. Oh, man. That's a good time. Yeah, so, or they, not from China. I'll take that back. They were on a cruise ship, but still, like they were like, now everybody's talking about all these cruise ships getting sick. Theirs didn't verify I have Corona, but he was in the same boat as you. He's like, I don't know what I have, but something's bad. But I'll tell you, my uh, keyboard player got sick as hell too. He didn't know what he had, you know, and he quarantined himself and I quarantined myself to the point of craziness, you know, where I'm bashing my head through a wall. I about went freaking nuts, dude. What? Like, it's just like, I felt like a horse, in a in the stall right before it was about to freaking you know take the first turn and like then they go no 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 time to go lay down somebody's standing in front of you wait 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 get you off the track wait 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 now it's time time for you to go to bed well let's talk about um super cool thing which is a good sign i think uh you you actually got to do a show recently i saw with uh nikki lane and some other artists um, and you got to do a drive-in show. How did that go down? Man, it was great, man. I'm telling you, it was a turnout. People, there was a, there was a feeling in the air of appreciation for live music and how much people honestly need it yeah. in their life. And uh, the smiles on everybody's faces that were there, it was more smiles than I've ever seen at a show. It was kind of weird. Everybody separated, but, you know, uh, had to do what we had to do and kind of get it back going again now were they right. sitting in their car just watching or did you have yeah. the actual drive-in movie theater speakers people were pitching tents <laughs> out out on top of their suvs they were that excited about a concert oh yeah man it was great dogs were running around too I always love it when people bring their dogs you know it's fun so it's kind of like a spread out festival almost dude it definitely was and then it, there was a pit area that had like 
can uh you know picnic tables to keep everybody separated and then they had to have people separate down there in the pit a couple times because everybody started dancing and just naturally wanted to get back into the mosh again and i, I was like wow i don't want to get, get in trouble here or pass the rona to anybody or I don't want anybody passing the rona around you know so the pit at the drive through show that's a new one right there yeah i'll tell you what if you stage dive you're about to freaking face fucking plant you would not have enough people that's the bad thing stage diving's at an all-time low right now <laughs> i thought you were gonna say the pit was like a, a crash test derby you know where they're just smashing cars pretty much <laughs> <laughs> we got the derby going all right let's uh you are a texas boy i am down here in huntsville alabama just a few miles from where you recorded uh my gospel which i want to uh, chat about you ended up in muscle shoals for that one uh, just talk about how you ended up in Muscle Shoals and how cool it was with all that history around you. Man, uh, I had been in Muscle Shoals uh, doing the Texas Gentleman record, the first Texas Gentleman record. Yeah. Out there during that, and we raised hell and we became good friends with, with uh, John Gifford and the engineer and uh, Spencer, and who's now the main engineer there at Fame. And then Rick Hall, of course, was still alive. And, um, you know, uh, we came back after the Gentleman record, and I wanted to do the guts of the record, you know, My Gospel, um, shoot, like Marfa Lights. And there's a bunch of tunes that I did. I did like six of those tunes out at Fame, and then four or five of them, four of them out at Modern Electric. Mm -hmm. So, being out there and coming back after already feeling what it was like was incredible because you kind of felt like they're already make it your home. And that's what it's the difference between that studio and everywhere else. They know what you like. They already, they already learned from the first time you were there, you know, they've really treat you well. And then all of a sudden you're looking up into Etta James and Aretha Franklin's microphone that you're singing into. And that's pretty humbling. And, you know, just put the band together and captured a moment. It's what records are, if they're honest, in my opinion. You just capture a good moment. There's some flaws. There's some edges. There's some cracks. There's some crinkles. That's not perfection. It's about honesty, in my opinion. And that's what we captured with that album. And I'm just proud that that's the first one that we put out. Did you, uh, did you get to see the Dwayne Allman uh, reel? Oh yeah, I saw that. That's one of my coolest things I saw when I got to take the tour. Man, it was cool as can be. And I'll tell you another thing that was awesome is, you know, Rick Hall mm -hmm. took me into a studio or into the studio A and told everybody to leave. And told me, Paul, you're a good singer. If you want to be a great singer, finish your sentences and pronounce your S's. <laughs> Finish your sentences and pronounce your S's. What he told me. And I, <laughs> like ever since then, I've you've been able to hear every word I've been trying to sing. Now I gotta go back to old songs and see if you had a problem, Paul. I did, dude. You'll be able I to did. hear phrases and end of things that I don't finish, you know, and the end of which was makes me a younger singer, but then you start hearing have mercy and then you listen to room 41. It's just right in your fucking face, you know? So do you, do you go back and what do you, 
you ever go back and listen to your own music and, and analyze it and, and maybe get inspired or do you cringe at it or what, what's it like going no, back? Dude, I've, uh, when I'm by myself, I'm on a country road, like every once a year or so I'll get out in a vehicle by myself and I'll just drive and I know nobody else is around and I'll play all my, I've played all of it, you know, from sons of fathers all the way up. I've done it a couple of times, just listen to everything I've put out. And just to see how my growth is and recognize what I'm doing. It's mm-hmm. just kind of watching like old play reels and football. Yeah, analyze yeah. how you can get better from it. Exactly. So, and I already know all the records up and down, left and right. Know every little idiosyncrasy in every one of them. So, at this point, I'm just, I'm ready to get back in. We're working on a new record label that I'm about to, I'm about to put out. Scalia Blevins, that's amazing. And going to be signing some more artists and putting out a lot of records here in the next, upcoming years. I'm going to be working some things. I got a lot and a lot in the can, man. I'm stoked about 2021. I'm ready. <laughs> Are you, uh, I've talked to a couple of musicians during this and, and everyone's kind of been over the road. So I get what you're doing about, uh, being creative. Are you, are you working on music with the band? Are you guys passing tracks? Are you seeing each other? Or are you kind of taking this time to, you know, work on yourself and do other things? Yoga, like you said. Yoga, Pilates, marijuana. <laughs> it's all been doing. A lot of, I'm wearing that onesie that Bull Rat wore. Everywhere. Yes. Fetching a tan on both cheeks. Uh, watching the grass grow. I'm just sunshine, main waves, water. A lot of uh, bare midriff. You know, I'm trying to really, really gain some Corona weight. Really? Uh, really get a little thicker. I think, I think I'll get, be able to reach those notes a little better. I want to be pudgier for 2021. I'm going to be a little softer, a little sweeter. I'm going to eat more sweets late night. I'm going to, uh, that's just kind of a new me. It's a decision. I want my blood pressure, yeah, remain the same, not go up anymore, not go down, though. I enjoy this level of intensity. You're, you're at a good plateau right now. Good plateau, just going to hum this vibe all the way to about 85 and then take me out softly. Well, I got to ask, what's the best food you've got delivered then during lockdown? Oh, man. Uh, mm. Man, let me think. Shoot. Best That's, food I've delivered. Yeah. Because for a while we were only on delivery or home cooking. So did you get anything where you're like, oh, damn, that hit? Man, that hit hard. Yeah, I usually I am a Burger King or not Burger King, a Water Burger hit really hard. Like, I mean it. Wait, which one? Which one's your go-to at Water Burger? Oh, I get a double cheeseburger, bacon all the way, mayonnaise and mustard, and I get a uh, Dr Pepper, French fries, water size, and then you go ahead and give me a chocolate, yeah. vanilla, whatever kind of shake you want to give me. I'm not. Uh, I do not, you know, judge on uh, any shake. I like whatever. Like, just give me a shake. I'll drink it. That's I'm not the theme here. You're trying to pat them on during lockdown. I like it. I am a chunkier Paul. I'm a happier Paul. And that's just how it's going to go for now. And then when I get on the road and I start sweating and getting my heart rate up to about 7 million where I hear it hitting, <laughs> kicking and talking in my head right when I get off stage, that's when I was like, oh, I'm back to working out again. <laughs> We're going to see Bigger Velvet when this is all over. Yeah, come see Bigger Velvet. Yeah. <laughs> and then right. it's going to 
they'll wheel me in there, you know. They're going to have to get a dolly and just oh. pull my big ass up there. Is it custom or are you just going whatever the venue's got? Oh, I'm going to have uh, – I would figure 20 to 22-inch rims on this dolly, <laughs> uh, you know, with probably some Mickey Tone. I want it to be BFGs. And we're oh. going to need two. Yeah, it's going to be a heavy push either way, with or without me on it. Uh, so whoever, we're going to need three guys to wheel me up and I want them all to be in matching capes that, uh, it's kind of like Liberace gone country. Oh, I like uh, it. You know, uh, I'll well, we definitely. Had, we had, you know, Dave Grohl, we had Dave Grohl and two chains both performed in wheelchairs. Now you're going Dolly. I like it. I'm going Dolly. Yeah. But not because you I'm broke your leg, the, just because you've gotten name. fatter. And Dolly is, we're just going to keep the name Dolly. At your assistant, Dolly. Yeah, 100%. That's your she, rolls, she rolls me around places. Well, let me, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, Sons and Fathers. Let me, let me go back to that a little bit. Um, you, you start with uh, Beck. It's, you know, Beck and Cawthon. And correct me if I'm wrong, I heard a story that the other musical Beck shut you guys down. Oh yeah, cease and desist. Really? Yeah, he said he's gonna. If we didn't stop doing that, that he was gonna bring two turntables and a microphone and <laughs> kick off. That's what he's got. That's what I heard. Uh, Dude, that is not to be fucked with. Did he really bring a cease and desist? Oh yeah, bud. I think I've got it framed somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But wait, but you're not the same name. He's Beck. But it said Beck and Cawthon. You can't just say Chevrolet and Cawthon, you know? It's just like it's already made up. Oh, like it's a, Jesus. So it was like it looked like he did a duo with me or something. So I get it, you know? But, you know, the 5,000 CDs we printed up and all that shit to start your first release, indie. It's a way <laughs> to go, you know? When you got to bring them all back from radio. Oh, sorry, I changed their name. <laughs> cool. That really goes well. That's how you get your momentum up is taking shit back from the radio. Oh, yeah, that, that's just great. They're, they're stoked. Or are they, what'd you, what'd you do? Did you end up selling those? Or are they sitting in a little closet? Huh? Are they, wh wh where's all these albums? Are they sitting in a closet somewhere or did you get rid of them? What's happening? Target practice? I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. They're somewhere. <laughs> they're somewhere. Or somewhere that somebody will find them. Somebody will buy on it and like, like storage wars. And you're you know? gonna, you're going to get sued for it. They're going to say he's still trying to put this stuff out. Yeah, it's on eBay or something. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you about a fun tour which I uh, I read about. I was unfortunate I didn't get to see it, but uh, I saw you go on tour with L King, who looks like one of the most rad people on the planet. Yeah, man, we. <laughs> Wowzer. Come on, that, what's a wowzer? That shouldn't happen again. That tour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Partied our ass off, dude. Like everybody in both bands were. I had the Texas gentleman pretty much with me. And then they had some of our dear friends from Denton, like backing her. So we had a whole Texas crew that was uh. just, just like things not to be said because I don't want to, you know, I don't want anybody getting in trouble 
It was but basically just, there was nobody to keep you guys in check. It was nonstop, dude. We floored it. We had a blast. We crushed every night. Like we sang, we sang duets every night, and every night was sold out. We played. I mean, the nine thirty. I'll never forget that nine thirty club. Two nights sold out in a row in D.C. Have you ever been to that venue? Nine thirty club. No, dude. It is a freaking incredible venue. What what's the cap? How big of a place is it? I think it's like twenty five hundred or three thousand. Oh, so we're getting yeah, we're getting a party size. Oh, we are we were in party size the whole <laughs> like Beacon Theater, bro. Freaking sold that puppy out. Like it was rock and roll. Rock and roll. As, like me and Elle would wake up. We'd wake up, she'd call me, she'd go like, son of a bitch, we have to play tonight. I can barely talk. And I'm like, I can't eat her. I can barely talk. How are we going to do it? She says, let's get an IV. And I said, okay. I mean, we sound like two bass. We sounded like the bass singer from the Statler Brothers, rest in peace. Rest in peace. You know? Is that, uh, is that the wildest story you've ever been on? No. Not even uh, close. Come on. Who we got not then? <laughs> Texas gentleman. Texas gentleman and uh, Cody Jinks. I feel like Ward. you're trying not to sell people out right now, and I feel that. Uh, Cody Ward, Texas gentleman. Ooh, that's a that strong trio right there. And also, I went on tour with Margot Price, and Margot's crew and my crew just really got along, and it was <laughs> – uh, it was bad when the teams just get along where everybody turns to best friends and then everybody's just gone. Like where the fuck is everybody? Like everybody <laughs> like piles into best friend modes. And then all of a sudden they go, everybody comes back shit phase. And we're just like, wow, it's three o'clock and we still need to load in. And then bam, we're loaded in. And then it's a sold out show. And then wham, we're in done with the show. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're just, we had a blast, man. And then right after that tour, I think Margo and Jeremy, they got pregnant. And, like, Elizabeth and I started dating. And that was how I met Elizabeth, my fiance. It was through Margo and their camp, kind of. And it's just like a – we got a brother and sisterhood that's pretty pretty large there with them. So that was, that was a wild time. Also, those Dylan Fests. Did you ever hear about those? The Dylan those Fest? Fest? Yeah. Is that the one that happened out at Coachella? Yeah, the Ryman thing. And then it happened at the Ryman, too. They had a bunch of people. It was like a two-night thing. It was incredible. Well, uh, <laughs> that's when, like, when you get all of the artists in on, like, a charity event or, like, when everybody's there in one room. Yeah. that Those one single nights can outweigh a whole tour real fast. Songs and bongs. That's, that's when it gets really – wild because everybody's really either not touring or just having some days off and it all worked out and everybody you know it was just like all right it's time to go full tilt <laughs> yeah everybody's in a good mood it's not their own show so everybody's supporting each other and so you, you got yeah, the, exactly. you got the gloves you off learn, learn the words to hurricane by freaking bob dylan you know you just don't know how to sing it all there's too many words and bob dylan is not one to be fucked with he has so many fucking words and you know those reading 
you're like reading a you know Cormac McCarthy book and singing at the same time. So it's like, you know, trying to keep up with Dylan is probably the hardest thing that I've ever tried to do. I forgot what even fucking song I sang. I don't even remember. I think I just went, oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like every one of them. I love Dylan though, dude. He's just a he's incredible. Now were you uh were you jamming with the gentleman with uh with Strait, with George Strait? I was not, dude. I guess that I was, was afterwards. Out. That, that was afterwards or something. Yeah, they were no, they were just the Texas gentlemen were always their own thing and I would They'd come on tour with me before they released a record. And okay. then they record, they started touring their own thing. And then, you know, so. I was going to say, he, lo he looks like he can low-key party. George Strait. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's something else from what I have heard. He's pimping from his uh, tequila on social media. And I'm like, he gets down. Oh, dude, he loves his tequila. Let me... It's Let me awesome, ask you this. He enjoys himself. Yeah, he deserves you know? it. He's earned it, my friend. Um, oh, my God. All right, let me ask you this. This is a refer back to another podcast that I saw with you, so I, I wanted to get an update. I saw you do the podcast with Lance Armstrong, and he extended the invite for golf with him and Willie. Did that ever happen? Yeah, man. Not, it never happened, but man, Lance and I, we keep in contact. We talk a lot and he's, you know, uh, it's definitely one of the most eccentric characters I've ever met. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a good way to say it. And, you know, everybody deserves a, and a good friend, you know, and he's been a, he's been nothing but help for me and showing his fans to my music, you know, and leading them to my music. So he's, uh, he's put out a couple of invites and it's just never really clicked or happened, but I bet we'll make it happen soon enough. I hope to beat them both in golf. That'd be awesome. All right. You know, I, you can't beat Willie. I mean, that ain't going to happen. He Willie doesn't lose at anything. Uh that's the best. I, I when as soon as I heard that, I thought I've got to get an update because that that seems like the wildest trio ever on the course is Paul Cawthon, Willie Nelson, and Lance Armstrong. Yeah, man, it was. Lance is competitive too, but are you? How competitive are you on the course? Are you just dicking around? I, I am a, uh, you know, uh, I'm about a. Eight to ten handicap, you know. Okay, you're getting in there. You're like a can, major league you know, baseball pitcher. You're getting down in yesterday, there. Yesterday, I shot a seventy-eight. You know, I'm about to play today at four, uh, four fifteen, four thirty against the highest scoring point guard from East Texas in East Texas history. His dad, who's the coach, and they've lived across the street since I was a kid. I bought this house that I grew up in in Tyler now. And uh, so I haven't played or competed against these guys, but they're highly competitive. And I just love, I love good competition and anything it is, whether it's performance on stage or, uh, or, you know, playing golf or 
you know, back in the day playing football and baseball, you know, but, you know, I've never was good at basketball. I'm just terrible, terrible, terrible at basketball. I just <laughs> was never good at it. I can play a good, you know, round of pig or something, but when somebody guards me, I'm getting my shit stuffed and I'm just look like shit. I'm, you know, roly poly McGavin, freaking tired as hell from one side to the other, you know. Just like, screw this, man. I'd rather have to give you 10, 15 seconds of the highest intensity that I got and give it to you like a football play and then be done and get some huff and puffs, maybe yeah. a squirt water. That was my jam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let me get some Gatorade and regroup here, but I got you again if you let me regroup. I cannot. This piggy don't run too long. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me talk about a little bit before we get into our final countdown here. Let me – let me talk about your – I've seen interviews with you, seen you on stage, seen some of your videos. Uh, fun guy, you seem like a party guy. You seem like the guy that everybody would want to hang out with. Uh, but you got some of these songs that are that are super, super serious. Uh, where does that come from? How do you get in that mode to go from maybe writing something like, you know, cocaine country dancing to to a little bit slower or something else? How do you how do you get to that to that gear? Where does that come from? Man, it's just leaning into the moment. That gear happens like the emotions or, you know, you, why one day do you wake up on the wrong side of the bed pissed right. off? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that day I'm not going to write a happy-go-lucky song. So you got to roll with the tide of your own emotion if you're a songwriter, in my opinion, you know. And I'm not saying you need to immerse yourself into it as deep as I went at one time. And I don't believe that's the only way to get to the – get to a good song is through the darkness. You don't have to drag yourself through broken glass in order to get there, you know, but the feeling of pain and loss and heartache is real. And it'll always be something that people sing about and, you know, and are losing a loved one. Um, and, you know, when you're in that moment, you know, you're in that moment. It's the difference between, you know, like on a piano, you can be like, uh, like, you know, just like, uh, See, that's sad, you know what I mean? And like, I'm, I mean, there it didn't need to be. Yeah. It's just two two options in song, like happy, sad, dark, light. You know, it's just, you can always see the opposite side of the song. And if you can kind of comprehend that side, you'll know where you're at within your music, you know. Like sometimes the tone of the tone of, of, of a chord can change your whole way of thinking from a major to, to add in like a fifth, you know, I mean, it's just all the emotion like Bach, Beethoven, uh, the Tchaikovsky, uh, Mozart, like they knew how to really express the sadness and the wave of life, you know, throughout their ballads and their songs and being able to dig to that side is, 
is very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But if you can get there, it's, I think it's usually the, some of the most honest works that any artist can put out, you know? And my old manager used to say back in the day, Cawthon, you got to earn your ballots. You know, you got to earn your ballots. You got to give them, oh, nice. you know, you know, so once people start listening to your ballads, you know, you've made it. You are know? you, are you a, how are you on writing? Are you the guy that's, Hey, I get something in the middle of the night and I wake up and record it or got to write it oh, down yeah. now. Are you getting the mode? I'm that guy. I, it's sporadic for me. Like I'll have, uh, I'll just have tunes for a lot, a long time or I'll have just a rhyme, you know? Does uh, the music come to you first as the words or does it matter? Both. Either way. Oh. could be on the lake without a guitar out of my boat and write down, you know, like here, I have, there's time to be a winner. Uh, candles with your dinner, silver spoon in your mouth, time to be a lover move on to another, pack it up and head down south, you know. Come on now. Uh, ain't, the time, ain't the time to ramble. Ain't the time to gamble. Lock it tight and stay on in. Shoot on down to London. Keep people wondering. Free, free that lover to a friend, you know, like. Uh, oh, that's then, from the boat? Yeah, then there's. Tom, uh, then I've worked with, with Aaron Rattier as well, and he's like a songwriter that I work with. And like, there's a time for asking questions, at questioning suggestions, holding on and stretching out. There's a time to be a zero, time to be a hero, time to be a soldier now, you know? Woo! So, I mean, dude, you just got to continue working. And then I've got like, musically, I'm just sitting on stuff like this. Like, pink is that out there anywhere no that's not out there that's brand new no but that's as quick as you heard it is about how quick i've just did it yeah man well now all 13 listeners of this show will get it (laughs) hell yeah uh when do we get new music from the hurdy-gurdy i mean your first song was fire well i need some more it's only something it's 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 only comes (laughs) out on a on a neon moon so, okay. I uh, think we're due for that for a few more months. There's another neon moon coming. A hurdy gurdy evening can happen at any neon moon. So <laughs> once the neon moon's gone down, woo wee, that's when some hurdy gurdy will drop. All right, I I know you got a lot on your plate, so I'm gonna run through. We end every question with the countdown, where we go ten to one, ten questions, uh, and get your opinion on all of them. They can be as long or as short as you want. So here we go. You ready? Go. Number 10, name something that's a perfect 10 for you in your life. My fiance. Boom. Good answer. Number nine. Uh, nine is the German word for no. So what's something no more in 2020? It, 
I guess it's a little different before the pandemic, but name something you've written off or tried to get rid of in your life. Hate. It's a good one. Number eight. Uh, what do you want to be your last meal? What's the last thing you ate when you go out? What's your last meal? Uh, chicken breast steak, mashed potatoes, gravy, corn on the cob, uh, rack of ribs. Uh, Who, who's front. making the chicken fried steak? Probably my grandmother's. Strong. She make it pan on the sides? Pan fried, chicken fried kind of steak mixture. She kind of crisp it to a burny like burns it down to a crisp kind of on the edges, kind of charred, burnt. Talk to me. She just nails it. That's what I grew up on. And uh, Who's doing the ribs? Uh, ribs are probably going to be the Country Tavern out here in uh, East Texas or Stanley's pit, Famous Pit Barbecue. Let's go with it. I like it. Um, and, and, oh, I'm going to have some key lime pie from the Dunes Hotel in Pensacola, Florida. Just one the slice. Dunes Hotel in Pensacola. See, that's I can get down there now. Yeah, that now it's like a Holiday Inn, but uh, they used to have the best key lime pie. My granddad uh, would share it when I was a kid, and he turned me on to key lime pie. And then when I go down to, you know, I love a good sloppy Joe in Key West as well, because you know the story of the, key, of the sloppy Joe, right? No, come on. Sloppy Joe, uh, sloppy Ernest, Joe, slop, sloppy Ernest Joe. Hemingway brought it over from Havana, Cuba, and made it famous in Key West. Really? Yeah, because that was the sloppy. They would take all the just slop of the meat and then put it into a stew and put a barbecue kind on it and then put it on a bun and eat it like a sandwich. And that was the Sloppy Joe. And they, you go to Key West, there's a place called Sloppy Joe's. And you can get the whole breakdown on how Hemingway brought it over. Well, we're, it's I mean, way different than the manwich, though. Oh, way different. But <laughs> manwich is freaking clutch, though. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't hating on the manwich. We just want to make sure. It's a different beast. Different beast, for sure. <laughs> okay. Number seven, what did you want to be when you grew up? What did you want to be when you were seven years old? Uh, man... I wanted to be a quarterback in the NFL, or I wanted to also, I always loved, uh, you know, I just loved sports, man. Wanted to be like Tiger Woods. Golfing. Tiger Woods was my biggest hero ever. All right, so number six, um, how do you want to end up six feet under? How do you want to die? How? Just in my sleep, waking up after after a big steak. You know, I go to bed after a steak and why not with my family when I'm about 80 or something after Christmas or something. We're all together and everybody's leaving. And yeah. Bam. I've waited and me and my gal are both dead like the notebook. You know, <laughs> that's how I want to go out. Chicken fried steak stains on your sheets. It's good. Yeah, Maybe you know, we make love one last time. <laughs> Key lime pie, feed two key lime pie to each other. It's the Viagra that killed me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to kill me is Viagra, actually. And then you show up at your funeral on a dolly. That's what we need. <laughs> yep. It's full circle. All right, number five, five-finger discount. What's the last thing you stole? Ooh, it was candy bar back when I was a kid. Uh, with really? My dad. Yeah, candy bar. My dad made me turn around and take it back to the 
freaking register. What kind of candy bar do you remember? Was it worth it? Yeah, Snickers. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call you out, though. You travel a lot, so I got to call you out. Sure. Oh, little bitty, now little bitty nugs from your buddy's jar. <laughs> that's not stealing. Taking, taking some green nugs from a buddy, being like, "Screw this man! He's got plenty here. I need a." They bowl. took some from your jar. It's payback. Oh, they've taken plenty from my jar. So it's like that. It's, game's on when the weed's out, bud. Where are you? This is not on the countdown. Are you? Are you strictly from the jar? Are you into edibles or what? I did. I'm just trying to get into the edible world before uh, I go to bed, and I've been sleeping, sleeping in too late. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> uh, so that's the only problem. So I'm um, trying to get down the amount to eat because last night I ate like a cookie, and then I ate half this little nerd's rope that <laughs> I looked at it and it said 500 milligrams. What you ate the it whole thing? This- Hell no! I was about to say, well, how did you survive that? I'd be speaking in tongues right now. <laughs> God dang. Is this, wait, is this your, is this like a homie made it or is this bought like, it's a homie, homie made it. Homie made it. We uh, have no can't. freaking clue. We have no way. We don't know what we're I doing. was about to say, you don't know what's happening. He didn't be like, damn, that's, that tastes like the <laughs> ass end of a weed leaf. And, you know, you just eat it. And then Does all this of a nerd sudden, rope have a seed in it? What's happening? Sudden, all of a sudden, you're in the middle of an Andy Griffith show, and you're crying your ass off. You're like, damn it, I'm emotional. No, I'm just hired balls. <laughs> What's the best thing to watch on Netflix, huh? Best thing to watch on Netflix. Or anything. Don't. You don't have to be Netflix, but anything. Andy Griffith is my number one. Is that one. your go-to? That is go-to. If nothing else, I just go to Andy. And Andy, you know, delivers. He's I feel one like of the you best. relate to Floyd a lot when you watch it. Oh yeah, I love Floyd. He had to be a stoner. I I, I kind of like Goober and Gomer myself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Andy, I can't even believe that you'd allow me to go down to Mount Pilot and fix the car. <laughs> do, do you have an Otis? Oh, uh, or do you have a Barney? <laughs> fuck off! Fuck off, Andy! Fuck off! <laughs> Okay, this is gonna go right in line with the edibles. What do you think this? What do you think this automobile rolls on, Cole? Well, all right, <laughs> <laughs> get all right. This goes right in line with the edibles. De- Little Debbie snack cakes. I ask everybody this: Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie. So give me your top four Little Debbies of all time. Twinkie. <laughs> okay, that's Hostess. They don't okay. have Twinkie. Sorry, uh, Little Debbie, and we're going to go with them that chocolate double fudge badass with the white cream in the center, whatever that one is. The chocolate cupcake? Yeah, and or then we're going to zebra cake. Zebra cake strong, all right. Okay, and then... Uh, you still got oatmeal cream pie, nutty buddy. Pie. Yeah, put up oatmeal cream pie. Yeah, put that one in the top three for sure. But if you... I've done competitions back in back in the day in high school, middle school, when we would try to eat a lot of moon pies. Oh yeah, moon pies. Are solid. At once, that got real disgusting. Like it makes you not want to ever touch. It's kind of like when you freaking get gin drunk and you die for three days, and you're like, I'm never touching gin again. That's what gin happened. To me. God, I don't touch the shit with a ten foot pole. I got Juniper, me. Do not get along. The only gin drunk I've ever got. 
was at a house party and we kept it in the trunk of our car so nobody would drink it. Um, it was awful and we mixed it with orange juice but now the orange juice was warm because it was in the trunk of a car oh. it's a bad mix it's a bad bad mix all right so we got your debbies uh we got three albums on a deserted island and i'm gonna let you have a pause here to think and i'll tell you this this is doesn't mean your favorite albums of all time these are you gotta listen to these on repeat so it could be a compilation could be a live album or you could get you know now that i call pop number 27 Whatever it is, but these are the only three on repeat. What are you going? Oh, uh, wait just a sec. Let me think. Um, I like to give people the out, so you're, I'm not I'm not nailing you down to your three favorite, but these are on repeat. Um. might have different moves. Probably Speedy, Speedy West and Jimmy Bryant for the last time. I got to write this down. I got to I gotta listen to this. Speedy West. Yeah. And who? Jimmy Bryant. J-I-M-M-Y Bryant. For the last time. And their record, that record for the last time. And then um, I'd have to say – JJ Kale. Oh, good. Troubadour. Great album. And then. Um, you going to dance record? You going some romance? You going to live album? So it sounds like. No, nah, dude, there? I've got it right here. <laughs> Are you digging through the crates right now? I'm digging. <laughs> uh. Probably Daft Buck, Random Access Memories. Woo! There we go. That's a mood right there. Like, do you have those moods all in my bag? But actually, it's, it goes Speedy West. Uh, J.J. Kale probably wouldn't be in there if I have. So, it'd probably he'd be in the top five. I'd have to put some, just any Bob Marley and the Whalers, probably. We know. are on a deserted island, so that'd give you the beach vibe. You know, and but put on some Speedy West, and you want to talk about a vibe that'll keep your blood pressure down. I can't, I can't wait to check it out, dude. Check that whole record out and hit me up. I'm gonna eat a nerd rope and be done with it, son. Do it, please. <laughs> All right, last two here. Number two, if you're a wrestler, who would be your tag team partner? Macho Man Randy Savage. Next. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Pick it in Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, by the way, you need to, we need to make this happen. Big Velvet. Watch the, uh, the Hall of Fame, the freaking Wrestling Hall of Fame induction. Did I, did I watch it? Yeah. Yeah, which one? Of him? At WrestleMania? Yeah. Holy shit, I didn't know there were that many fucking wrestling fans. Holy shit. That was bigger than a fucking Kiss concert. I've actually been to one. I've been to one. Oh, my God. I haven't, and I would go. In a <laughs> I was there when uh, Ultimate Warrior got put in. I'm going to tell and you then, what. We should go as the Bash Brothers, me and you, and just, <laughs> you know, and, like, like try to just be a duo, you know. We could go. be the Nasty Boys. We could be the Nasty Boys. Uh, Look, yeah. 
I've told everybody, first of all, Big Velvet should be a wrestler name, and it's a awesome entrance music. Oh, yeah. Oh. I see girls dancing. Big Velvet fucking comes out, dude. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. The smoke rises. I mean, yeah. I come like a G-string that has me freaking, you know, uh, by a zip line, and I just roll down, and I've got, like, nipple clamps and that have got me hoisted up. And it's the G-string and nipple clamps, and then I land, and then fire hits the sky, and then all of a sudden, I DDT Hulk Hogan. You know, I, that's I, not I, exactly I, what I had pictured, but I like where this is going. No, but it is all for the show. All and all, the show. By the way, in this one interview, you Wrestling went... Big Velvet is kinky Big Velvet. So is he? The whole, yes, very kinky Big Velvet. He's a wrestler. He will throw you out of the ring by your underwear around <laughs> your head and throw you four rows into the freaking stands. He is I'm picturing uh, Howard Stern when he came in as ass man back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except See, I'm way, way stronger. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the deal. In this one interview, you've had Borat Speedo, uh, and now you've got a G-string. I, I, there's a lot of cheeks with Paul Cotham. Oh, dude, I'm, you know, not to Has be Has everybody cheeky, seen your cheeks? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have seen, seen these cheeks, you know, uh, I have, you know, I have hung my cheeks out of the van going 70 miles an hour down a, an interstate plenty of times just to get the honk of a horn from a, uh, Peterbilt. Wait, are you a you pro know? mooner? I am pro mooner. Like, I think that, I think that we need to share the crack. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that needs to be a movement myself. Like everybody just needs to moon everybody. And I think, I think we're going to be a lot more laughs, a lot more laughs. There'll be a, nothing but laughter. will come out of this whole movement. Well, I, you know, look, I think, look, mooning clearly hadn't aged well, but I'm a big fan of mooning. I'm a huge okay. fan. Doesn't I'm, I'm with you. We need to bring it back. Bring back mooning. <laughs> <laughs> How many times, you know, Back in the day, growing up, and your dad's back in the Buick, did you just hate that you were on this long road trip, and you look over at your, your brother, your sister, and you just kind of smirk at them, and then all of a sudden, some cars come past, and your brother and your sister look back at you, and you're hanging your ass out the window, and Aunt Rhonda and everybody's <laughs> bitching at you for hanging your ass out the window, and then all you hear is a, yeah. then you know what that makes you feel like? King Kong. Yeah. Top of the world. It's instant gratification. I will right. give you this. You're you're on to something. Truckers love a good moon. <laughs> they would love a good moon. <laughs> and you know, they don't they don't discriminate. They don't care what yeah. kind of how old anything. Now, truckers truckers won't let it go unnoticed. They'll give you a they'll give you a horn. They'll give you the horn, man. <laughs> horny motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, number one. Before we get out of here, one and one, flip side, uh, each side of the coin, as a fan, best concert you ever went to and worst concert you ever went to? Uh, worst, song, worst concert I ever went to was Bass Nectar. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. had no earplugs, and I was front row, and it about shook the shit out of my body. And I about crapped down my leg because the bass hit me in that brown note so hard. And it was so loud that it just basically made me deaf. And uh, uh, I couldn't get out. 
So I just had to withstand a just a literal bass nectar coming out of my ass. When like, did it I, not I, become fun? When did it become I, not yeah, fun? I almost shit my pants for real. Because <laughs> I mean, my inner organs were bruised after that show. Let's just put it like that. Never had my inner organs shooken up. It shook turds loose from 1995. <laughs> I didn't mean to colonoscopy for a decade after that show. So it wasn't the show. It was because you were unprepared for the show. I was totally unprepared. I would have worn a fucking <laughs> hazmat suit. But I know that the, the bass would have made me almost shit my fucking pants. Luckily, you wear G-string, so it would have split it like oh, a baby. Yeah. That was good. I've got a, you know, a lot, <laughs> luckily, I was I was going commando that day at that festival at Bonnaroo. I'd already shit my pants five times from all the hallucinogens. <laughs> Go to Bonnaroo, you're going to be on acid in four minutes. All right, Fuck best that. concert uh, as a fan. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, you got to see them. Oh, yeah, and Paul McCartney. That thing. Jelly. Yeah, incredible. Wait, they were on the same bill or those are tied for first? Same weekend, St. Bonnaroo. Oh, it was Bonnaroo. Yeah, and I saw him walk into the catering lounge when I was sitting with uh, Weird Al Yankovic freaking jim james and jim james and uh reno 911 dangle that guy we we're all sitting <laughs> there, hilarious group to be you sure you went on acid no i swear to god i was with them all in catering sitting and uh the guy uh oh shit i always forget his name reggie watts oh yeah and reggie watts and i'm just like holy shit already starstruck by all these freaking badass all of a sudden, freaking Tom Petty and Paul McCartney walk in into the catering line. And, and everybody at the table goes, holy shit. And to see Weird Al and everybody just get all starstruck. Everybody at that table got starstruck by these two guys. Freaking Tom Petty and Paul McCartney walk clout, in. Clout, brother. Petty. That's clout. Tom Petty had a freaking glass of white wine. He wasn't playing that night. Paul McCartney was playing Saturday and Petty was closing out the festival on Sunday. So Petty was getting drunk on Saturday <laughs> or, you know, I could tell. And we were just like, I, we were saying to Jim James, I said, so what's he wearing? Cause he was, and, and he was like, you know, uh, he, well, Paul McCartney's wearing some type of sash. He's, he's looking badass. He's definitely eating only vegetables. Uh, Tom Petty's drinking. It looks like a buttery ass shard. I bet it is a badass Chardonnay. Um, you know, and so we all, we all, we all turned into like little, <laughs> little kids, man. When those guys walk in the room. All right, brother, man. I, that, that doesn't happen to you anymore. What? I don't care how big of an artist when you can't get starstruck or somebody, you don't have it in your heart to be doing this anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's like when Cody saw a lot of the guys from Pantera or one of some of these metal bands like Jinx when I when we talked about it that like that it makes him just freaking speechless. You know, those were his dudes growing up. And so like yeah. when I saw, you know, when I see these people, you know, I meet certain people like it's crazy. Well, that Even was a, uh, speaking of by the way, you mentioned Jinx and his love for uh, rock. Uh, everybody listening, if they haven't seen it or listened to it, great rendition of uh, Black Hole Sun you and him got together and did. Oh, yeah, man. That was a good time, man. And rest in peace, Chris Cornell. And it brought a lot of 
brought a lot of hope and to people, you know, uh, I get everybody at the merch booth. They'll be like, man, you don't know what that song did for me. I was struggling with, you know, mental health issues and depression, you know, that song, Chris Cornell is too soon. Crazy, you know? So, well, thank you guys for doing it, man. And thank you brother for, uh, for hanging out with me today. I know times are crazy right now and, uh, appreciate you hanging out with me. Big fan. And, uh, Hopefully you'll be back on tour again. I'll get to see you. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, brother. Adios, muchachos. Adios. telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. Uh, hello. Hello, good afternoon. It's Fred there. This is Fred. Hi, Fred. This is Dave Silva with Save With Conrad. I'm making calls, talking to folks that we've been able to help. What made you come to Save With Conrad? Well, just listening to the show like I have been. Uh, and Now, was there anything uh, specific that Conrad said on the show that kind of triggered you to finally make that call? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The the cost of a 30-year loan compared to a 15-year loan, he gave some numbers, and that's what really caught my attention. And once I did the math myself and I, you know, checking with other folks, it was, you know, something, you know, my wife and I had to do. Um, what was your favorite part about working with our team? Everything was online. That made it real convenient. And then once we were ready to close, you know, they sent someone out to close at our house. So, you know, it was, that made it just more convenient than, uh, than I was expecting. Uh, the difference between dealing with the bank and dealing with Conrad's group is just day and night. Everything was just so much simpler, uh, real upfront, easy. I, I don't think there's anything that you can improve on. How much money were we able to save you during, uh, with this refinance? Uh, I believe it was in the sum around $80,000. And I'm a little bit older, so, you know, looking at retirement, and this hopefully will be paid off by the time I retire. So, you know, that would be something we won't have to worry about at our, at our uh, retirement age. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo!